Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, January 29th, 2007. Open Door Policies, Part 2. Hi, this is Mike, and as always, welcome back. This week, Mark and I finish up our conversation on the Open Door Policy. Before we go, though, a quick reminder about our Atlanta Manager Tools Meetup on Tuesday, January 30th at the Buca de Beppo. I actually had to call the restaurant to figure out how to pronounce that, even though I used to own Italian restaurants. In any case, the Buca de Beppo in uh, Alpharetta. So details are on the website. If you're interested in attending, we'd love to have you. And uh, hey, Josh, thanks for all the help in uh, coordinating the get-together. We really appreciate it. All right. With that, let's finish up the conversation on Open Door Policies. Now, you said we don't have to, uh, managers don't have to see the person immediately. There's no, there's nothing in open door policy that, that suggests that that's always true. Um, but you'd agree that somebody should see them that day, right? It's not, probably not appropriate to wait till the next day or next week even or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's our third caveat. You got to hear the person that day, no matter what. And this is really a backstop to the danger of not hearing them immediately. Um, we find that it's okay with most employees to hear something like, yes, when can we do it, as long as it doesn't go overnight. Overnight scares people for some reason. Um, I think sometimes it's because you know, they think you're going to do a bunch of hunting around to find out what they're coming to you for. Um, but re- regardless, whatever you do, figure out time that day. Now, look, if you don't get that many open doors and, and you're concerned about the team or something else or your antenna are up in some fashion or you're worried or the wind is blowing in a different direction, you could stop what you're doing and hear them. Remember, you don't have to take action necessarily. Uh, sometimes I think that younger managers mistakenly believe they must drop everything. They must hear the action. And then somehow, because they've already dropped everything, therefore, they need to take action immediately. And you just, again, you don't have to do it. Um, but now, look, there's a trump card to all of this. If you have an admin and someone tells her that they have an open door issue, she will drop everything to get that information to you immediately. That might mean calling you at home or breaking into a meeting. All that is totally fine. The magic words in terms of the trump card are open door. That says, whatever else is happening, our boss didn't plan for this, but it needs to happen today. And the admin makes it happen, canceling whatever needs to be canceled, rearranging things so that you can get time that day with that person. Good. Those are just some 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 implementation recommendations, I think, that'll make it easier for people to understand how to separate the policy from activity. Yeah, and to send the right message about importance, but not urgency. And I think a lot of times, importance and urgency are mixed up among um, many many managers. Yeah, I think I think a lot of managers, particularly young managers, when somebody comes in to talk to them under the open do- door policy, there's it's almost kind of a panic that goes yeah. through their mind and. Um, these are good rules to think about uh, so you don't act prematurely on. Yeah, you know, I almost wonder if maybe just this policy, I think you're right. I, I guess I never really thought about it before, although 
Um, so often when I suggest it, I do see managers go, oh, okay. The fact that they know all they have to do is listen, and they're not hearing something that they may have to take action on. In other words, if they say to themselves, right now all I'm doing is listening, and I can choose to do or not do after the fact, I think that releases a lot of anxiety. I think they don't feel like they're on a roller coaster going to the top of the hill, and when the person finishes with their story, then all of a sudden they're plunged down into a maelstrom of activity or personnel issues or whatever that are going to eat up their next three days uh, in, of a busy week. Um, so I think, I think you're right. I think separating it is, is, uh, is going to reduce the chances for manager mistakes. Yeah. Now, do you, do you ever, ever – you've had experiences, I've had the experience of people coming in and uh, wanted, oh, using open door policy and then immediately sitting down and saying, well, this is off the record, but there's a danger there. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, for some reason, people like going off the record. And unfortunately, folks, as a manager, you cannot. When you speak to your team, you speak for the company, to your directs and their directs and so on. You are the company. The company usually gives managers the right to fire someone. But no one ever says, I got fired by Bob in a job interview. They say, I got fired by company XYZ or IBM or Intel or Procter & Gamble or whatever. You cannot and should not ever go off the record in any professional conversation with anyone in your organization. If they tell you of a malfeasance or an illegitimacy or an illegality or a gray area or whatever, you are honor-bound to report it, or you could be in jeopardy as well. Um, it, the open-door policy is not, despite some employees' belief, and an opportunity to engage in official gossip or to use management in some way. You're not a friend. You're not a confidant. You're a manager. You cannot take anonymous requests and then go out and take a bunch of action and tell people, I can't tell you where this came from. There is a, a judgment call to be made about somebody who says, you can't use my name, but I have to tell you about this. Um, you say, I I'm sorry, but you brought it to my attention. I could not have known about it without it. You and I are in this together. And if somebody says, well, then, then I don't want you to know. I'm sorry, it's too late. Um, and now some people say to me, well, gee, that, that puts a chilling effect on, on the situation. There are times when a manager could, in fact, protect somebody's anonymity, but it's very rare. Um, and somebody who wants to do something anonymously and then, and then uh, you know, essentially accuse somebody of something, no. That's not the way it works. Uh, it's just like in the in the TV shows in, in the United States where um, the the accused gets to confront their accuser. Um, there are very few companies that say yes, we'll protect the person who comes to us. Uh, there's not an amnesty that's happening, um, and and I think managers get drawn into it when they say I'd like to have an off the record conversation with you. And you say I'm sorry, I'm the company. You can't have an off the record conversation with me. On the other hand, you can trust me. If you tell me something that's terrible, I'm, I'm going to address it. Um, but but I can't necessarily guarantee that your name won't be mentioned. Yeah. Now, you, you may be able to say, I'm going to do some research if you decide to, and in the course of doing that, figure out a way to leave that person out of it. Um, but I wouldn't go to my boss and then follow my sword and say, I'm not going to tell you who told me this. Um, if your boss is the one who would make it difficult, then you find somebody else in the organization, even if it's HR or the CEO or somebody, to, to bring the, the, the point to light um, and to provide some protection. Yeah. Okay. Now, now our next our next point is, I mean, we've alluded to this multiple times, but to be clear, your first job is to listen. Yeah. 
Um, and, and we've said it before. We're just going to say it again. I think this delinking thing is maybe the most important underlying thing of the cast. Is, is um, you are under no obligation to act other than to listen. The open door policy is designed to let there be an outlet among management, which is to say the company itself, for employee problems and issues. Um, it isn't to say that everything an employee brings to an open door session is worthy of any of your time or anyone else's time, for that matter. Um, it's a judgment call. Now, look, look. Um, don't go putting all kinds of caveats in the front into the front part of the policy. We don't talk about what you will do or don't do based on an open door call policy or open door conversation because that is not part of the policy. That, as you said earlier, is just management. All right. What about suggestions for the the meeting itself? Yeah, this is the the seven. This is the half um, idea or the half point that we wanted to make. Um, everybody's always asked, well, okay, what what do I actually say? <laughs> um, so look, for once. A cube is not enough. You've got to be able to close the door. You've got to send a message that this is confidential, even if it's not off the record. Get a conference room if you can't close your door, if you don't have a door. If all the conference rooms are taken, call one of your buddies. I'm amazed that people don't do this. And tell them you want them to reschedule a meeting because you have an open door request that has to happen today. If you called me, I'd do it. Uh, I'm assuming everybody else out there would say the same thing. Sure, I can rearrange something. We can move it back or we can move forward. I can give you half an hour. If not, take a walk, get a cup of coffee, do something where you know you're going to have total privacy. Now, look, uh, in the meeting, now is the time to explain that the purpose of this meeting is for you to hear their concerns. It would sound like this. My goal is to hear you out. What I do afterwards depends on what I hear, and I can't commit to any action until I hear what your concerns are. There were people who would come to you and say, I-, I need to know that you're going to take care of this. Well, I'm sorry. I can't help you with that. Well, gee, then I don't want to tell you. Well, okay, I'm sorry. All I can tell you is you have to trust my judgment. I'm assuming that's why you're here. Then what you want to do after you explain that your purpose is to listen and to separate action from listening is to give some simple instructions along the lines of the floor is yours. Once you've shared what you need me to hear, I'll ask some questions for clarification. Next, Take notes. Tell them you're going to take notes. Write down what they say as close to word for word as you can. If you're not careful, you'll end up substituting your own thoughts later. I'm amazed at, at, at the, the extent of the, the old joke, the telephone game, about one person tells one person and another and another and another, and then what it ends up as is completely different. This would sound like, and look, it's real simple. It's like one-on-ones. It sounds like I'm going to take notes. I want to remember everything, and if I don't write it down, I may not get it right. If the employee says, well, gee, I feel like you're documenting, you say, I'm not documenting. I'm taking notes because if this is going to last more than two minutes, I'm going to forget. If, if, If they balk at you taking notes, don't continue. This is akin to them wanting to be off the record, and I would urge caution. And I think it's absolutely reasonable when someone comes to you in the open door policy that you don't just simply say, it's your meeting and you get to do what you want to do. No, I'm a manager. I have responsibilities to the firm, to the company, and I'm going to make sure I do this right, and I'm going to be cautious and professional uh, and discreet, and that means I'm going to take notes so I make sure I accurately capture what it is you're telling me as a matter of respect for you and for the company and for anybody else who's involved. Yeah, I think you could, this this goes right back to your an open door policy is not 
you, you know, you don't get to go into your boss's office and under an open door policy and ask the person to take their rank, if you will, off their shoulders and have yes, a, exactly, a man to man, man to yes. woman, woman to woman talk. That's that's not what it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and further, don't interrupt too much when they're talking. Let them talk. Sometimes that's what needs to happen. The balloon essentially needs to let out all of its hot air. Regular interruptions allow the balloon to slowly be blown back up, and they're, they're, they're desperate to get it out. Uh, nod your head, murmur, make intermittent eye contact. Help them feel like you're listening well so they can get their story out. And then afterwards, ask questions. Yeah. Okay. Those are some simple things you can do in the meeting itself. Good. Okay. Well, your first job is to to listen. Then your second then is to engage the chain of command when required. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Once you've heard their concerns, this is when you decide what to do. Um, the, the open door part is easy if you're reasonably trustworthy and a, and, a, and an ethical person. Deciding what to do is where you get paid that extra manager money. Um, now, look, it's impossible to address every situation that could come up, but we do have um, three suggestions, three recommendations. First, if this person doesn't work in your organization, ask them to go talk to their boss. You don't need to assume that you need to be involved unless the issue is quite serious between the employee and their boss. If you feel the need to be involved, try to limit your involvement to coaching them on how to do it. Let them know that if they fear repercussions, that's why they're talking to you, you will help as best you can involve HR, involving more senior personnel, and being a, a point of reference that, hey, they came and talked to me. I asked them to go talk to their boss. They did, and suddenly the guy gets demoted or fired. Um, I think we've got an issue here. Uh, it, it may literally provide you know, an actionable case against the manager, and you don't know what's happened. And, and um, so you, you, you can't simply say, I'm going to do this for you. You have to put that onus back on the manager because you don't know if their boss has an open-door policy. If, if the company has an open-door policy, you can say, well, thanks for coming to me. I want you to go talk to your boss. I'm aware of it. Let me know what happens afterwards. And if you don't get satisfaction from your boss, immediately go see your boss's boss. Okay? Now, look. Number two, if they work in your organization but not for you, ask them to go talk to their boss. An open door means they can go right to the CEO like David Glass if they need to. Um, but, and it, but if they're in your organization, anywhere in the chain of command, they can go to anybody in the chain of command who they feel like they have a connection with and they feel most comfortable talking to you. Um, if they do work in your, your organization, obviously, you have much more ability to protect them from a boss that's engaging in unprofessional or unethical behavior. Your knowledge of their situation gives you great insight into what is happening. It might mean you meeting with their boss, even though you don't need to commit to that in the meeting, or you letting their boss know after they talk to them that you're aware of their concerns. But but if somebody three levels down comes to you an open door and says, I, I need some help, and they tell you about the situation, you can say, look, okay, I'm aware of this now. I want you to go back to your boss. Here are some things that I want you to suggest you talk to your boss about. And then afterwards, I want you to let me know what's going on. I may do nothing more than simply hear it and wait for the manager to do what we believe is appropriate. Or it may be that I have to talk to the intervening levels to find out what is actually happening to make sure I understand their side of the story as well as often there is a manager side to the story. Um, 
It is not required that if they come to you one, two, three, four levels up from their manager, that you therefore have to take action and run this thing to ground. What you essentially do is refer them back to the chain of command, and your knowledge of the situation provides a great deal of protection to that employee against a manager who behaves in an unprofessional way. And, and, and that really essentially is the third point. If they work in your organization but not for you, ask them to go to talk to their boss, even if you know their boss has wronged them or committed an error. I don't, why is that? Uh, okay. I mean, does, that, doesn't that put them in a, in a kind of awkward position? They've come to you. Yeah. Their boss yeah. has done something wrong. They've told you about it. And now you're going to tell them to go yep. right back to their boss? Yep, that's right. There are rare exceptions to this, um, uh, and obviously the rare exception is physical harm or, or um, sexual abuse or, or harassment or something like that, um, and, and those are judgment calls, and that's why we say that the open-door policy doesn't solve every problem. It just gets the door open. Um, there, there are two reasons for doing this. First, as you've alluded to, not everything you hear from your direct will be completely true. It will be their truth, but it will not be the whole truth. Further, if the boss truly is wrong, he or she needs the opportunity to make things right, which you want you want if you've done something wrong, or if in fact they're going to do it, to dig a deeper hole, and now you're aware of the fact that they've made a mistake and then compounded it by mistreating an employee or dismissing their concerns or whatever. And look, there are a million things that could be going wrong. My, my point here is that availing yourself, uh, uh, engaging the chain of command effectively, 99 times out of 100 means asking them to go back to their boss, unless there is one of those really unusual, one of those dangerous or you know, truly unprofessional, out-of-the-ordinary situations where an employee is deeply fearful. Yeah, but, th- um, but, this, but, your, but your recommendations... Um it ruins the whole purpose of open door policies, right? Which is for somebody to be able to go to their boss, to their boss's boss, and get something corrected, but remain anonymous. Yeah, that's not the purpose. <laughs> no, this is an organization. The boss has has uh, responsibilities and commitments and trust with you. Um, and, and a lot of young people will assume that's what open door policy is. And that's why we write ours the way we do to make it clear that that's not what it is. Even if they want that to be the case, uh, if somebody were to come to you and to act as if that's the case, you could say, no, I'm, I'm sorry. And based on the fact that you're coming to you that way, I, I'm not going to do anything about this. I think you need to understand what open door policy is. Um, I'm not going to play who shot John between you and your manager. I will certainly protect you if your manager engages in, in, in behavior that is not ethical relative to the company's standards for employee performance and development. Uh, and I'm also going to protect the manager from uh, unscrupulous claims or, or uh, claims that I can't verify. Um, we're certainly not going to play he said, she said, although it's important for me to know that there are challenges between you and your boss. That's absolutely reasonable and important for me to know. Okay, well, well great, because that, that leads me to the, the, our next point, I think, which is what, what is management's responsibility, your responsibility, your open-door policy that's being invoked here, what's your responsibility for follow-up with the person who comes and talks to you? Good. You, first of all, you don't owe chapter and verse to the person who initiates the conversation. Um, your job is to stay on top of what you've heard, pay special attention, ask for updates as things progress, even if you're not involved. 
Your job is not to be the action person, although there are certainly some cases where, in fact, you might choose to be um, because it will take your role power to actually make something happen if you're talking about one of your directs, um, that who is a manager and you're, you're a director. Um, but, but it is not your job to brief the person who came to you. Your job is to consider what your role is as a manager and to make appropriate, take appropriate action um, based on what you've, what, what's been presented to you. That action does not require you to be deeply involved if other people can solve the problem. And there are just too many situations to go into all the details, but the open door gets the thing started, and then your follow-up is to make sure that it gets resolved. And sometimes the definition of resolution is, the employee got hurt, and you've decided not to do anything about it, and you don't see that there's a big enough problem. If in fact you get a report to the effect that that's the case, uh, to do anything more, and you don't owe an answer back to the employee necessarily. Okay, so this, again, this is not not this is not subordinates somehow actioning their their boss's boss or. Yeah, and and I don't mean to you know. Uh, uh, I think employees often come with reasonable reasonable concerns, and we want those addressed. But but let's not kid ourselves, folks. This is not a democracy. Um, this is an organization. There's a hierarchy that exists for a reason, um, and you've got to make tough calls sometimes. And 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 you don't get paid just to have the open door policy. You get paid to make the tough calls that happen because of an open door policy. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. How about now? How about? Um Communicate, communicating this to your organization. We have a, a sample email that we're going to put up on the website. Of course, did you want to? Did you want to? Um, sure. Run through that with with folks, just so they can get uh, an idea sure. of kind of how we would recommend it be communicated. Sure, and, and um, you know, one of the things you'll note is that um, I try to be pretty direct and pretty simple in the email. Um, um, because the more you talk in policies, the more people have questions. So here's what it sounds like. Yeah, direct, direct first sentence, I have an open door policy. <laughs> yeah, boom, exactly. I have an open door policy. And then next, what this means is that my door is always open for any professional or personal issue affecting work, work life here at Acme, company name, for anyone who cares to see me. If you want to talk to me, no matter what level you are at Acme, I will make time to hear your concerns or suggestions. As a member of this company... I'm a part of what makes it work, and if something is in the way of that, I want to hear about it. New paragraph. If you communicate that, if you communicate that the problem you're facing involves immediate or imminent harm to the company or you or a coworker, I'll make time for you immediately. If your concern is important but not urgent, I will schedule time that day with you. New paragraph. This policy does not take the place of our management structure. It is always preferable that you take your concern to your manager and then his or her manager and so on. If you come directly to me, I will hear your concern. I will also refer you back to management for resolution in some situations. If you ever need to, simply contact me or my admin by email or phone and tell us that you have an open door issue. We'll make sure my meeting with you takes priority. That's it. Cool. Around you. Yeah, and it doesn't say we're going to solve your problem. It says my door is open. Great. Well, that, that, that's so that's it for our around the world uh, tour of uh, the open door policy, huh? Yeah, uh, you got to have a clear definition, which we've shared. We talk about what my door always being open to anyone means. Always means always. We gave those caveats and the trump card about saying open door. Don't go off the record. Your first job is to listen. We gave some suggestions about how to handle the meeting itself in terms of logistics. Second job is to engage your chain of command effectively. 
And then last, follow up, recognizing that it doesn't mean you take every single action yourself. That's right. Outstanding. Great. Excellent. Thanks, partner. See ya. Well, that's it. Seven and a half key points to remember, and you'll have it nailed. Now, as always, we look forward to hearing from you on the discussion forums at www.manager-tools.com slash forums. And if we're lucky, meeting you at the meetup in a couple of days. Now, I don't know how this could be true. I don't know. But if you haven't heard of our upcoming Effective Manager Conference in April, you'll want to go to the website and check that out as well. We still have slots open, but be sure to go and register early to get the early registration discount. All right. Thanks, folks. And as always, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all again next week. So long.